the Center for Interfaith Cooperation in Indianapolis, Indiana, is dedicated to building peaceful dialogue among and between different faith communities with the help of a diverse board of faith leaders who have incredible stories that inform their interfaith work. Today we have Vimal Patel. Welcome. I'm happy to have you here and I would love to start by just hearing some about yourself, introducing yourself to the listeners and how you got involved with the CIC. Wonderful. I have been living in this country for more than 50, nearly 54 years. Uh, I came as a student at University of California at Davis, where I did my graduate work, uh, got a PhD in biochemistry, and then did four-year fellowship in neuropathology at IU School of Medicine. Oh, wow. And then I spent about 35 years teaching there in Department of Pathology as a professor and uh, have been very much in from the beginning when I came to this country in the relationship between the different countries and different faith tradition. As I was asked to give a talk in high school when I came in 1965, January of 1965, uh, about Hindus or Hinduism, mm-hmm. as many people know about it. And I said, yes, because I am a Hindu, so I should be able to give a talk, <laughs> even though I didn't quite know what to talk about, because it was never a subject that we ever learned in our high school or primary school. It was simply imbibed. It's just lifestyle rather right. than a particular belief system driving the lifestyle. Hmm. The belief system, you could say, or the understanding rather than belief. Because in India, belief is not so important. It's what do you understand about your human life? And from the very beginning, as a student, uh, in the primary school, I learned a couple of things that I have always, uh, that has always remained in my psyche and my uh, living style. The most important thing I have retained from my kindergarten on is the four first sentences I learned hmm. that I always begin talking about uh, if somebody asks what is Hinduism. Mm-hmm. Then the, the four sentences that I learned probably will reveal the, the way the lifestyle has evolved in Indian content or Indian context. We call ourselves a spiritual culture rather than a material culture, right? So one of the first thing I learned as a student as Matru Devo Bhava, your mother is your first teacher and it is through the upbringing, not only after you're born, but during the pregnancy that you imbibe the culture of uh, inclusivity. Interesting. Embracing all life as sacred. So then the second tier of teacher, so the second sentence that I learned, the Pitru Devago. See, the f- mother and father comes from really a Sanskrit term, Matru and Pitru. Pitru means father, Pita, father. You know, the, the in Padri, for example, is also from that, uh, derived from the Sanskrit terminology. Okay. Um, so the second tier of learning that you have 
is from your father. The third place is given to a professor or teacher hmm. in, uh, you know, primary teacher. Mm -hmm. So your character, see, there is this holistic and the another thing that maybe in second grade I must have learned, I don't exactly remember, but the, there is a Sanskrit terminology, I'll just say, Vasudhaiva uh, Kutumbakam. That's a derivation from Vedic knowledge basis that the entire cosmos is one family. Or you could bring it down to world as one family. Huh. So it is not so important uh, for a Hindu is to have a contractual relationship, but have a relationally driven uh, relationship. Interesting. Unlike what you see in often the Western way of looking at the world, that everything is contract or legality, like you, what you see in our oh, country yeah. now, now being debated, right? Mm -hmm. So that is the spirituality in Indian terminology means how do I relate to you? That's beautiful. Right. And so mother is the, the first five to seven years that before you go to school, your family is your character building unit hmm. and we used to have a joint family now it's uh, getting little less and less since I come from very small village hmm. we still have that uh, retained to some degree even though we are equally Im impacted uh, by the internet culture that we have where isolation has become big issue mm -hmm. because we want to be self-encrandizing and self-serving and self-centered and what have you so the, my background, which uh, is at least 54 year old, so I have retained that quality. And as I mentioned earlier, that as I am retired professor, I have tried to adopt a, a Vedic lifestyle, hmm. which is designed to achieve a goal of humanity or human being in four stages. The first stage, as I describe as a student, what I learn is a learning stage and building character stage. Not so much as a trade or skill for obtaining job, but learning what it is to be human being. Uh, therefore, in our culture, elders are respected like anything. Because okay. what you are is not just you as a person, you per se, but you inherit from seven generations before you. So your forefathers has given you this body, this structure. And uh, it will, your structure will transmit to seven more generations. So you have a relationship, not only now, but also in the past and in the future. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. So this, this is the way human society were built. There came a lot of distortions because the about 2,000 years ago, hmm. the Hindu society underwent quite a bit of change. We had very much integrated our spiritual understanding of what human life is and the material understanding of what uh, our life needs. In other words, they have integrated the material aspect, achievement aspect, as well as the connection aspect. I see. So they, they were very, in fact, uh, if you look at the economy of the country, 
from let's say after Jesus Christ was born so from AD 100 AD let's say mm-hmm. first uh, century to about 17 uh, 17 or 18 50 or before the British came to India as colonizers so the there are two basic thing happened the colonization which was an exploitation of a given resources country right uh, develop a system to create clerks or servants so to speak they enslave uh, the country by destroying its education system hmm. when the when the british came to india there were more than 500,000 institutions of higher learning. India was the first country to have universities more than 5,000 years ago. Really? I didn't know and that. And it is the first country to have a centralized cities wow. with the parallel streets and with the water, uh, the wastewater taken away from the development. Interesting. Uh, and it is not uh, the West invented the toilet but it has been <laughs> known long before Roman culture. All the other cultures have disappeared incidentally. Only Hindu culture is the longest surviving culture, continuously living culture. Well that's it good has, to know. Yeah, it has gone through lots of these adversities. There was the Islam in Islamic invasion of the country which destroyed uh, lots of things. One of the biggest damage that was done to the culture was the Nalanda University which was more than mile long much bigger than what you see here there was nine story library at that point in time in the world's history this I'm talking about 2000 plus years ago uh, one of the biggest collection of manuscript handwritten manuscript it took almost a month to burn that library because they could not find Quran or Islamic literature there. It's not that I'm blaming it. You know, any conquering institution, conquering uh, people, they will destroy the native culture to right. bring their own culture, right? But fortunately, the, the, fortunately, the Islamic invasion did not... There have been invasion beforehand also. It's not just... Because India was a very rich country, as I was saying, from 180 to up to about 1800, before British came, about 25% of GDP of the world was from India. Hmm. And about 34% was from China. Between them, there were almost 60% of GDP at the end of, uh, let's say, 17th century and the beginning of... Uh, of that uh, 1700 years, India was number one for almost uh, 1600 years. Hmm. It's a very vibrant economy, extraordinarily honesty people. No, in fact, uh, when the British wanted to rule the country, they had to devise many uh, ways to undermine and destroy the education system. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't go into that, but essentially that has impacted the current state of Indian education system. And in fact, entire education system that we have today in every part of the world, it's just not in India or not here or not in Europe, 
is driven by industrialization to create a cog in the machine right that produce what we call gdp right mm-hmm. therefore the humanity has been completely neglected our relationship is completely neglected mm-hmm. our personal development of seeing the holistically the whole world is connected is neglected mm-hmm. and we become so selfish in our action that we don't care if i walk all over you but as long as i get that uh, what right. i want right oh, yeah. so that is not uh, um, that is changing slowly but it for last uh, couple hundred years when british are enter the the total gdp of gdp of india was about 18% when they left in 1947 it was less than 1.7% Gosh. They have exploited all the resources. They built railways and all this. And often that is, con- you know, said they didn't build railway to help people. They exploited resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like you see our corporation. What do they oh, do? Oh, it happens all the time. Right. So this whole corporate mentality. And this, this has come uh, because of our uh, uh, both religious understanding of the world. as well as the scientific understanding of the world hmm. the survival of the fittest that uh, new uh, that uh, darwin proposed right created uh, uh, this is what this is the basic reason for colonization of by europeans hmm. even though this country was colonized and we are a product of the colonized people really speaking there yeah. were some 30 million uh, native americans they were right basically oh yeah if i don't want to massacred as let's be honest because unless we become honest with ourselves well, it's important to realize we cannot that. we cannot change mm-hmm. the way we look at things right so having said all this the why did i get interested in interfaith because i come from where the uh, what you do on a personal level what is your belief system is not important how you behave with me is very important hmm. what is my relation with you is more important mm-hmm. so we have a freedom of choice in fact we have a concept which we call ishta devata your own god because we understand i i'm using this understand very uh, deliberately it's not a belief i understand i exist because you exist hmm. without that relationship i have no way of existence so we are uh, we are completely and totally depend on on each other not just as a human being but entire life system if there were no plants we have no existence if there are no other animals we have no existence our food chain life can only be sustained by another life hmm. whether it's a plant based life or the sea creatures or the uh, birds uh-huh. or the animals uh, we have to this interdependence so for becoming human being there is two specific character that human possesses right you have a mind you have ability you have free will essentially speaking mm-hmm. not always but <laughs> <laughs> we are supposed to have it <laughs> right <laughs> but 
these two distinguishes us so we have a free will and we have intellect we can comprehend we can observe we can deduct we can intuit so all of these faculty that human possesses have a ability to choose so choosing as to how to live has been the basic focus of the hindu way of looking at life so we have four stages as i was saying the student life where you learn skills and relational uh, aspect of uh, living that you are part of the whole not independent of anything else okay second that you there are four goals of life one is the learning second goal is to enjoy life because you when you are young like your age you need to explore what it is Mm-hmm. So it is a lifestyle of a grahastha or family lifestyle, where you enjoy the pleasures of life. You earn, you you raise children, mm-hmm. you pass it on, what you have inherited from your forefathers okay. to your future generations. Yeah. Third lifestyle is after we have enjoyed life, produced children, and educated them, then you take. a kind of a, s- a contemplative lifestyle which is after you retire normally in uh, we divide life in about 100 years so first 50 years you are first 25 years you study you develop skills you develop all the necessary elements that you need to live in a given environment a given space time third you contemplate now you turn your attention from your family oriented activity or self uh, serving activity to common good hmm. which is called vanaprastha that you live conflict free life conflict free in the sense of your attention is not self serving to family serving or just community serving but give back in the community that you have lived and we focus our attention to serving others mhm and the remaining that that you do maybe up to 80 i'm 79 years old um up to 80 or so to s- educate people like yourself mm-hmm. who are really starting out life uh by intuitive experience in the last phase of your life so you have served so you have exhausted many of the conflict that you had because service helps you to get rid of your self ego mhm mm. um there is science behind it but we don't have time to do it but <laughs> if you ask me question we'll do it so the uh, so the last stage of life is total contemplation of who am i what is that makes me who am i what is the truth behind it the search of truth start from the very beginning of the you know from the brahmacharya ashram remaining uh, focus on education aspect and not indulge in the uh, uh, pleasure aspect so much during the first 25 years right the second 25 years you enjoy you earn you do whatever you know you have to accomplish in life and then contemplation and then finally withdrawing from activity to reflect simply 
what it does it take to liberate me from all this duality of life hmm. good bad indifferent uh, likes dislikes all those things right right that, so that is in short how hindus have developed a lifestyle so the entire life is geared towards finding the truth of life okay and the truth they have found is that we are interconnected when i relate to you my daughter for example as you or my sister mhm i call you my sister my daughter then conflict disappears hmm see it's this, a personal relationship it's a relationship driven society not that it is like that it has lot of distortion that entered as i said for last 2000 years but it is now beginning to revert back because it has recognized that the life driven simply for economic gain is totally uh, out of sync with who we are as human beings oh i like that that's i think a lot of us could use that sort yes. of mentality and reshifting right. of so our the, focus so the minute i see you just as a woman as an object it will create a different set of thinking in my mind hmm. but the minute i see you you're just like my daughter my sister my mother whatever the right. age relationship is or my friend for that matter mm mm-hmm. uh, th- then my whole my psyche is totally different Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at you as an object of enjoyment but I am looking at you my relation my sister my daughter mm-hmm. so this is how we in interfaith so uh, this is, has been my base, this this is this has happened over a lot of time over last 54 years but my triggering point was I was asked to talk in high school wow where students were like that and my I the two things I talked that unless we begin to appreciate the women's role in our development hmm. we will never become a good society i like that i can applaud that no no it is a fact i like it because all of us without the womb there is no creation mm-hmm. god cannot create without the womb <laughs> so without the feminine the womb means feminine energy this both the consciousness principle and the energy principle must interact in order to create a new thing okay so now that given that background to interface dialogue to understand different expression of the same infinity mm-hmm. we call god god is the name given by us only it's a, if i tell you a story you know do you remember the story of elephant and four blind men no yeah? you should explain it so the 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 four blind men were uh, walking along and the elephant came they wanted to find out what the elephant uh, what is this they heard dumb 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 right and so they uh, went you know because they were blind but they can hear so sound they can get near and they somebody teaching the leg oh it's a post no it's a post somebody teach uh, somebody touch the teeth and oh it is uh, a plow whatever their experience was on ear it is uh, it, because it came from india so we have a tool that we use separate uh, grain from the husk you know you okay. right yeah. so they began to describe what they see 
So religion is a religions of the world is an expression of that infinity in their own way. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you see, we have a we have a history. Any prostitution that occurred throughout the world, they took shelter in India. The first such thing happened was when the uh, Romans destroyed uh, the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. Hmm. The country that gave them shelter was India. They came to India. Many we have the oldest synagogue in the world. Really? Yes. Huh. It is not in Israel or anywhere else, but it's in India. Even today. I had no idea. No. We have the oldest church also in India. When St. Thomas came to India. See, what I'm trying to say. We have oldest mosque in India. While Muhammad Pagambar, Muhammad the prophet, was living, we had the mosque in India. Interesting. We gave... Uh, freedom of expression because we knew we are same uh, we are the children of the same infinite consciousness so we don't we, we prefer not to use god because god in this culture creates some connotation so i try to use the scientific term because i am a trained scientist right so so this has been the history of india when jews was prosecuted this is the only country in the world where Jews have never been prosecuted. Never been prosecuted. Wow. Europe, Jews were not allowed to own land. Hmm. And we continue to discriminate against Jews even today in this country also. And it has all come from the dogmatic way of looking at things. I don't want to criticize anybody. But insufficient understanding of the cosmic realm, the cosmic reality, mm-hmm. creates this conflict. See, if I uh, editorialize a little. Yeah. See, all religion have four basic pillars. One is what we call metaphysics, how they perceive or per- speculate on how the universe may have come about. Second, the stories they create to bring that perception into common masses because common masses cannot understand. Third, the the institution they create, like churches, temples, synagogue, mm-hmm. and the and the you know and the institution with uh, let's say rabbi or priest, ministers and what have you. Uh, and that fourth, the social conduct derived from these three pillars in your behavior. Mm. These are the four basic tenets of all religion. Now, if you look at the basic tenet of, let's say, the there are two basic themes um, without going into any specific religion because we are an interfaith mm-hmm. organization. So there are two faiths, uh, two streams. One is the Abrahamic tradition and the other is Dharmic tradition that arose in India, which is a uh, a, not a history-centric, history-centric tradition, but it's an eternal tradition. It's called Sanatana Dharma. Sanatana means eternal wisdom. It is not a belief. You discover for yourself. 
So we have a concept, as I told you, a Ishta Devata, your own God. So I can consider you as a God. That's why Mother is the first God. Because without Mother, you have no existence. Mm -hmm. Father comes second because without Father also, you see, even in modern science, you can replicate yourself. Man cannot replicate himself. He needs the ovum from the woman right. to rep, to produce a, a let us say a similar organism mm -hmm. you know genetically made organism right. you can do that nowadays <laughs> but even there you they have not been able to do anything about the content of egg you can take away the genetic material and introduce the genetic material that you want but you cannot do without that egg exactly yeah. So that feminine energy and the consciousness principle, something that holds this entire material world intact, we call consciousness. This is the both the Dharmic tradition says. In a uh, Abrahamic tradition, that has been called as God, but now we have to expand that literal translation from either Bible or Quran. That. And God created the world. In fact, I would go to the extent to say, no, we created God in hmm. the image of human being. Yeah. In that, see, how would be a, your question, right? <laughs> yeah? the, the way it has happened, see, the infinite cannot be comprehended. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Right? Infinity cannot be comprehended because infinity is beyond logic and beyond reason. Mm-hmm. Only it can be experienced uh, indirectly when your mind is completely devoid of any distracting thoughts, no thoughts, which is called a contemplative state. That's the stage that I describe at the end of your mm -hmm. third period after the serving the society. You contemplate on that and only it will be an intuitive experience. It is like, uh, how do I express intuitive experience? Suppose I ask you, have you eaten mango? And you say, no, I haven't eaten mango. I can describe, you know, mango looks like this, it is this taste, it's like sugar, it's like honey, it's like this. Uh -huh. It's do like describing it? a color, too. Right, right. Did, did, yeah. uh, do you get it? No, hell no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. can, but the one side, okay, here, you taste it. So you experience it and you never forget it. Mm. So that is what is called Aparokshinubhuti in Sanskrit, which means indirect, indirect experience through intuitive, which you cannot describe to anybody else. Just That's like that. So that is what has happened to our prophets. Either Jesus or Prophet Muhammad or many others, um, extraordinary personalities, right? Mm -hmm. Who experience this truth in themselves. Therefore, Jesus Christ says, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Or he says, my father and I are one. Hmm. Creation is not without the presence of consciousness. Only because you are conscious of yourself, you can say, I exist. That you exist is a proof that God exists in you. God is a principle. Now I project all the benevolent uh, qualities of anything I can imagine. 
how good you are, what kindness, all these qualities, love, care, there is no opposite to that. There is no opposite to love. Mm. It's not hate. This is the relative terms we are using, but there is love have no agenda. Mm -hmm. What is spirituality? When I have no selfish motive of anything, suppose I study you without any purpose to know what it is that you are. I can do through this contemplation. I don't have to study your skin color or this or that, but I just study. From your particular to I go to general. What makes, what is the kicking? What makes your body sustain? Hmm. See the, 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 the energy we call prana or the, you know, uh, the, 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 the consciousness principle that makes you aware of who you are. That principle pervades in entire cosmos, even in this table, even in this microphone. Interesting. So, the, because uh, behind it, so what is your body made out of? For example, I, I were to ask you, what would you say? What is my body made of? Oh, I would go scientific probably yes. and discuss the cells and how those have come together to form organs. Yes, that is one way of looking at it. Yes, but behind that, the five basic principles that really uh, are there, that is namely earth, that all the chemical that we can think of is based on earth, right? Then your 72% of your body is water. Mm -hmm. Then this digestive capacity, the transformative capacity, you take in bread that you, this morning you ate, Mm -hmm. Now we became uh, richer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> True. That is the that is the fire principle, transforming principle. Then you have the without the air quality, air in it system, your system is not sustainable. Your lung cannot breathe if they are not separated by air, right? Mm -hmm. Cavities. So, air, fire, water, earth, and space. If you didn't have this space, you cannot exist. So this, behind all of the material thing in our own body, are these five elements. Mm -hmm. Now you can further look at what are these five elements. And ultimately, both science and religions have tried to understand what is this cosmos, or what is this world, or where, how do I fit in this world? What they have discovered thus far, that you, without that world, you have no existence. This individual emphasis in individualism is to the degree necessary. But when that is the only goal, then we become terribly selfish hmm. and terribly un-isolate ourselves. Mm -hmm. Simply looking at the phone all the time or doing something. Mm -hmm. And we see how much suicidal tendencies in our young people. Mm. Because they are frustrated. They, have no, they can't relate to anything. Right. That is true. So, so this is why... Interfaith means to learn that truth lies everywhere. It is what truth you have imbibed will reflect how you behave mm -hmm. in the world and how you relate to the world. Well, and that is the part of Each religion has only part of either the leg or the trunk or the ears yeah. or the body. To and they the think that is the whole thing. And that is where the conflict is. <laughs>
valid. Wow, you've done my interview for me. You yeah. have been so informative. Thank you so and much. And you can ask many questions. And now I, I, I see. I don't know what exactly you are. No, I love hearing everything that you have to say. It's so philosophical, and I think a lot of people could use that shift in perspective to look at each other's relationally yes. um, rather than, like you're saying, capitalistically. Um, as well as materially. Okay, so the, the, there are two important issues that we should uh, not forget. That material things are necessary. See, unless your survival needs are met. Now, the, the whole idea is to, because we, are, we have the mind and we have the ability to discriminate or to, uh, to decide what path I should take. Mm-hmm. The after certain needs are satisfied. Suppose you have hundred pairs of glo- uh, garments in your closet. Then you can question: Do I really need hundred pairs of clothes? Mm-hmm. So, there everybody's Gandhi had said, for example, that there is no shortage of anything in the world as far as the needs are concerned, but as far as greeds are concerned. There is a shortage. Mm. And the capitalist society, which is only 300 years old, which Max Weber, you are familiar with Max Weber, the guy who developed capitalism. Okay. Right? Karl Marx developed the communism. Right. Right? And then this, through the interactive aspect, we developed socialism. So in this country, we hated communism, right? And no system is good or bad only its operation. But if the fundamental thing that I just, the metaphysics of creation is at the root of all our problems. Mm-hmm. When I separate God from the creation and I assume that uh, this world is for my enjoyment, exploitation begins. Right. When I s- not relate to you as part of me, I see you as an object of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. That is what we see with all the priests and the, all the so-called religious leaders get into all nonsense, exploiting children, exploiting women uh, for their enjoyment mm-hmm. because it's based on this wrong uh, principle of the separation of God from the rest of it. Right. When I see godliness in you, the divine, See, this is the basic difference. Our society is brain. The only thing Hindu will insist, you are a divine being. Potentially. Not already, but potentially. You have the ability of free will and contemplating and learning about who you are and become Messiah unto yourself. So this, this, if this knowledge base exists from our womb, as it were, then I will from the very beginning begin to see others as myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So I will eliminate the otherness principle. Yeah. Which is where all the conflict originates. Definitely. So, so we have to, this is why I was attracted to not only share these thoughts that I learned as a child 
and I experience as an adult, both in terms of, I am a scientist, I have done a lot of work in integrative medicine, mm-hmm. um, where health is at the center of all the, what we call interfaith. If you are not healthy physically, I don't mean just physical health, because all the athlete role model we see how misbehave this, mm-hmm. even though they are physically very healthy. But mentally, mind is what separates us. All the animal systems are driven by the genetics of it. They don't violate that. We violate everything. Mm-hmm. And the first violence we commit is in our food habits. Hmm. If you want to become non-violent and cultivate this lifestyle of non-violence, it must start with our physiology. It's ourselves. What kind of food I eat? Every choice you make will make you who you are. The thought that exists in animal systems, the simplest animals or simplest creative thing that we can see our life depends on is plant-based. Mm-hmm. So it's lower in the scale of evolutionary process, um, that food is the most appropriate for you. The first choice I would have is a plant-based food. Second is a seafood, because the second is, if you look at the life arose in the water, mm. right, yeah, from evolutionary perspective. Yeah. And that is the way we look at the things. We are absolutely with science. We don't have uh, any conflict with science, unlike uh, the uh, Abrahamic tradition. Yeah, there's a lot of debate on that. Right, right. And so uh, both science and Dharmic tradition have shown that you are the center of everything. Hmm. If you don't exist, the cosmos doesn't exist. Just think about it. I know, yeah. What difference does it make? But you cannot say I exist. I have to say you exist, therefore I exist. (laughs) Because it takes two to take existence. This consciousness principle and the energy principle, the matter principle. Okay. So we have feminine energy is a matter principle and the male energy. I'm not saying male, female, okay? Please distinguish. The consciousness principle we call he, it is not he or she, but it's the consciousness principle that for matter of understanding we use the word he and she. Mm -hmm. Because without he, without she, there is no he. And without he, probably there is no she. (laughs) Yeah, they work together. They have to be together. Mm -hmm. So the societies where women are respected, that's why I started with relation, as you are my daughter, because I am 79, you are what? 22. Right. So my daughter is uh, 46 or 47, I think. <laughs> so, so see, the, the, this is what I am saying, that as the interfaith dialogue proceed further, we must begin to understand what it is to be human being. Now you can... Uh, ask question. We'll just yeah. answer in one sentence. Unfortunately, I think we're here okay. at our time, but you gave so much great information, you didn't even need me to ask any questions. But I would love to continue this at some other point. But thank sure. you so much for right. being here, Dr. Patel. And please stay tuned, listeners, for more 
information from different board members, but thank you for being here. Sure, sure. Visit the Center for Interfaith Cooperation.org for more information and ways to get involved. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned.